and welcome back to Traditions. I'm Ron Alesco, and uh, well, we have a very special guest with us today. You know, during this pandemic, uh, obviously, all of our lives were changed. And for artists, it really became a unique experience, to put it mildly, um, <laughs> where a lot of changes had to occur. And some artists, I think, adapted incredibly well. Uh, including our next artist, who has been quite busy. Uh, in fact, he's uh, got a few projects coming up, and uh, I'd like to welcome to Traditions, Ellis Paul. Ellis, Thanks, Ron. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy for how uh, everything's going for you okay. with the notebook and, and all the radio stuff. So I'm okay. really, really happy to see here and chat with you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to chat with you because you've been, um, I think, an example to a lot of artists as to what's happening during this pandemic. You know, when the first couple of weeks of the pandemic, uh, an artist realized they didn't have their normal source of income, they weren't touring. Um, I think there was a, a period of adapting to what the new virtual world was like. And I think you did a great job because you understood from what I can see uh, that you're not standing on a stage in a coffee house or in a theater with hundreds of people in front of you. It's a more <laughs> intimate experience and you've created that not only in the visual look, it's uh, uh, right now our folks listening on radio can't see it, but I see you're sitting in your music room, which uh, uh, becomes a nice set. And you, and you also adapted your shows to reach people on a one-to-one -one basis. It was quite unique. Did you put a lot of thought behind that uh, as you were doing this? Well, a, a lot of thought. I put, um, first of all, I put a lot of panic behind <laughs> it because it was like, it was like having the rug pulled out from underneath me. And, you know, honestly, I've, I have kids and I've got an, an, an ex and I, I've got to cover all of these expenses to make sure everyone gets fed and I'm still the primary breadwinner here where I live and, and, and the kids and that whole thing that's across town for me. And uh, so there was there was a little bit of a panic of like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And, and frankly, if this had happened to me when I was 25 or even, you know, if, even if I was this at this point in my life, but it was 1999 where we didn't have this Internet access, I'd be in I would be in a breadline. Yeah. Literally, you know, are trying to find some other way. Um, but it hit me that I've been surviving even in the regular mode when things weren't restricted by a pandemic. As a musician, you kind of survive off of the kindness of strangers. I mean, that's that's just what it is. Nobody has to listen to your songs. Mm -hmm. Nobody has to buy your records. Nobody has to buy tickets. They, they do it because they feel it akin to you and how you write but the main thing is they they know it's not easy it, this is not an easy way to make a living and and um so their sense of i don't know circling the wagons around around all of us around the entire music scene was pretty incredible and fortunately i'd done a lot of on, online shows before then I, i'd been doing like a monthly online thing for people and that that kind of gave me a fundamental language, so I knew kind of how to set things up. Uh, but then, you know, it took a while. I was using my phone in the in the beginning and and not caring about the set. Um, and eventually, I got the sound down and the look of the thing happening in the way that I was proud of. And 
And then it's just about communicating one-on-one, despite the fact you're not hearing laughter or, or applause, you still have to build tension in, in the in the conversation and make jokes. And um, and it's worked out great. You know, I've, I've been really very, very lucky. And uh, and of course, with people like you playing my, my music still and making people aware that we're all still alive here, it's, it's helped a lot. So thank you for that. Well, th- well thank you uh, for giving us music to play. You, you released a wonderful album uh, during the past year, uh, Hot on the Trail of uh, the Storyteller's Suitcase, which was just an incredible album. Thank you. Uh, but you, you put out a CD originally uh, to your, your Patreon f- fans, and now I guess it's available uh, through your website. Uh, and it's called the traveling medicine show volume one now the traveling medicine show is your online show which each week you've been doing a lot of different things in that program yeah we come up with a theme i i i I pick a guest and you know like last week was eliza gilkison and and uh you know who's been nominated for a grammy twice and literally i i love her like it's it's almost like i'm vibrating there's a huge fanboy thing going on there when when I whenever I talk and we're friends I've known her for 30 years but I still kind of think she's like the best folk artist in the country I mean I just think she's brilliant and um so you know I'll ask her you know we we have a theme at every show and I, and I always ask whoever I'm inviting in to interview like what what theme do you want and she said well why don't we do it uh like going to the well like where's the inspiration coming from who are our mentors who are the people that feed us like you know and and inspire us so that was the theme of the show and we and i chose my songs based on that theme and she chose her songs based on the theme and it ends up being a pretty a pretty great night you know because i i know a lot of the people that i'm bringing on they're they're great friends so i have a little deeper insight into who they are as people and what their history is personally and it makes for a good interview so and and it's been successful and now we're doing this festival to celebrate the one-year thing yeah, that'll be next Sunday, May 23rd, uh, from 6 to 10 p.m. And it's a, it's a virtual online festival. It's a ticketed festival, so folks can go to your website, ellispaul.com. And uh, you've got quite a lineup of uh, performers there. And two stages, I understand. Yeah, double stage. So we have an interview stage. Just this morning, I got done uh, interviewing Willie Porter, and I, I, I just did Tom Rush a couple days ago, which is which is great. I wanted to have like a cross section of every generation of songwriter. So bringing in Tom, who's you know a legend and eighty years old, and and puts everybody else to shame in a myriad of categories. <laughs> I mean, I cannot believe the guy is 80. He still sounds like he did in 1970. And and then I have, you know, Canadian artists, um, you know, as diverse of a crowd as you can imagine. Uh, you know, it's 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 pretty evenly split between men and women. And uh, we got Benjamin Dakota Rogers, who's an emerging songwriter from Canada, and, and Rose Cousins, who's a Canadian Juno Award winner. And and then standard circle of friends, Susan Warner, you know, Willie Porter, uh, Adam Ezra, Vance Gilbert, people that I know and love, Nobody's Girl, you know, folks like that. Sure. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, that's actually next Sunday, the uh, 23rd of May. And uh, it, it kind of carries over into, into this wonderful recording that you put out this year, Traveling Medicine Show Volume 1. Um, you feature a number of great songs, um, songs from artists like Harry Chapin, uh, John Prine, 
Um, and, and there's some guy named Ellis Paul also has a song here as well. <laughs> I wanted to throw myself in there just so I could rub elbows. I'd like to play one of the songs now from uh, two songwriters. So I'm, I'm glad to see you giving him a chance. Lennon McCartney. Uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful version of, of, of the Beatles' Day Tripper. Uh, what, what, what made you choose this one? Well, the riff, for one, I'm like looking at how can my arrangement offer something fresh and, and challenge me and make me learn. Because one of the things with this pandemic, I wasn't writing. I think the the weight of the pandemic was too much. So I thought I'd spend my time learning, you know, a hundred songs that I should have learned when I was in my 20s. Because <laughs> I kind of skipped that whole bar band, you know, curve thing that most songwriters go through so this was me catching up and picking some of the songs i grew up with that are challenging in some way and and um and this one that riff is pretty incredible And that was Day Tripper, performed by Ellis Paul. It's on his new album, Ellis Paul's Traveling Medicine Show, Volume 1. It just came out this year. It was originally released to his uh, Patreon supporters, and now it's available through his website, ellispaul.com. 
and Ellis is with us today. Um, you know, we were talking before, Ellis, about the pandemic and how it, it caused uh, so many changes. Uh, and again, I, I have to say, I think you adapted so well to this. Um, you know, you were in a good position, but you know, you're still doing other things. I, I know the, the New England Songwriters Retreat. You had that going last year. Or actually, you didn't have it last year, right? Because it was yeah, it was can it was canceled, and we had to cancel it uh, as well this year because we just couldn't trust that we could sit in a circle without masks and and share songs. You know, until three in the morning, like we do every night there. So yeah, we had to cancel it twice, and so. You know, I decided, I mean, a kind of a dream of mine is to have a festival and a songwriting camp kind of back to back that flow into one another. And and this is sort of a test run of doing it online. And, you know, Katie Curtis is going to be one of the instructors who's one of my favorite songwriters and a dear friend. And Dan Navarro, who is also a friend, but has that one little huge phenomenon of a song, uh, We Belong, that Pat Benatar had a hit with in the 80s. And um, so he's he's kind of got that that life experience that we all dream of of having a song that gets in the public eye that that becomes like in everybody's life. There's nobody that's walking in, on this planet in America that hasn't heard that song. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's got a great story to tell with that. And obviously he's a he's a great songwriter. So it's it's going to be fun to have him there too. Yeah, and uh, Laurie McAllister is going to be there as well. Laurie's kind of running the show. She's um, the camp coordinator. She's the one with the whistle around her neck, <laughs> Most, mostly berating the instructors to just keep things rolling. And uh, so she's she's been great, and she'll probably do a little teaching as well because she's um, she's both a songwriter and and you know a fabulous singer. So um, it's it's good to have her helping out on a myriad of ways she's also the janitor and the cook (laughs) (laughs) does it all yeah Uh, well again the new england songwriters retreat that's going to be taking place friday may 28th of this year and uh you can go to new england songwriters retreat.com or ellispaul.com to find out more information of that um ellis what during this past year we've all i think learned different things um you know, as you were saying before about having to adapt uh, as a as an artist, um, as we seem to slowly be coming out of this pandemic, um, are you anticipating changes in your own lifestyle, your touring schedule? Uh, I mean, do you think you'll go back to the way you were performing before? I don't think so. I know there's going to be. I think this, and you know, I'm a songwriter, so I I know my 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 job title sounds like unique, but I think all of us. Everybody from you know the janitors to the, <laughs> to the cooks, uh, speaking of, um, are looking at some kind of reevaluation of their lives. I, I don't think we've ever stood still this long, you know, and um, had time to reflect because I think we're we've all been on this. I mean, it's par- part part of our culture is being on some kind of gerbil wheel, and um, as I said, you know, making a living off of being a musician, you're. You're surviving again off the uh, off the kindness of other people and other people reacting to you in a way that's 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 that shows kindness. So it's, um, you know, I I think what I need to do is just try a hybrid version of being a content provider and a touring musician. It's I I don't know how it's going to fall, whether it's going to be fifty fifty because in the past it was five percent and ninety five percent. 
um, you know, 95% on the road and 5% in front of the computer doing things. And, and now I think it's going to probably be a little more like 50, 50, 60, 40. And, but, you know, I think also people are a little zoom fatigued and, and, you know, I don't know that they want to do it like this anymore. Uh, but, but we'll see, we'll see what sticks. Yeah. And, um, it's going to be an interesting st- uh, evolution. I, I feel like this is kicking us ahead in time in some ways. I, I think it is. And I think it's also opened up opportunities for, for a lot of people who weren't, weren't able to get out even before the pandemic. Uh, I, I've heard, I'm hearing from people on radio. Uh, people said, you know, we're so glad you're there because we can't get out to the music. But I also know online people that are, you know, we, frankly, we have an elderly community or an aging community in yeah. the world. Um, and it gets harder for people to go out to shows. Uh, so having that opportunity in some fashion, maybe a ticketed uh, event like you know next weekend's um, virtual festival, maybe that will be the answer. And you certainly are ahead of the curve. Yeah, I think if you play some right, you know, you don't want to be doing like a festival online when Falcon Ridge is happening, or you know, or or, or when the Newport Folk Festival is happening. You. But I think as far as being out, out of season and, and kind of creating events online, I think that that's always going to work from here on out to some degree. And um, and I want to keep my traveling medicine show happening on a weekly basis. I, I might have to switch it to Wednesday nights instead of on the weekends, but uh, because I'll be touring on the weekends. But I, I'm there's something great about two songwriters sitting down and and talking about the craft. You know, it's it's I think it's interesting to people who love this music form and um and might love the artists as well but talking about you know why the beatles are important to us why john prine was a, such a great loss you know i think there's there's a place for that show and i like it you know i'm i i gotta say i'm i'm a fan of of the craft and and you know that's one reason why I celebrate these songwriters at the festival and I'm celebrating songwriting on the New England Songwriters Retreat. And and you're right, people can just sit in their homes and come to these events and they don't have to be in an airport. They don't have to fly anywhere. They don't have to drive anywhere. They don't have to park and deal with dust and, uh, you know, cigarette smoke and, and, and uh, the sun beating down on them or the rain pouring down on them. They get to kind of enjoy this experience and see these friendships and and it's it's pretty cool online it can be really personal and um and really moving when it's done right it's a different world and and it's creative folks like you that are uh you know changing the whole model and i, I appreciate oh. everything that you've been doing so far thank but you re- recording and, and issuing albums during this pandemic i know a lot of artists i've talked to have had uh reservations because you know the idea or the business model in the past was you record an album then you go on tour to sell it now that's right. not happening but you know i think you found a great way through through patreon uh and uh, is it is it been working out patreon has been really great i had started it in january just a couple months before the pandemic started um you know and, and over the course of the year we've gotten up to a thousand people over there which has been amazing and and they get everything i do first they get discounts on tickets to things like you know the festival and and uh the retreat and things like that so it's it's a great place to you know consume what i'm doing if you're interested in it and uh see the things as they're being produced and to me this pandemic was a chance to do a side project 
you know, I, I didn't feel like I had access to the musicians one-on-one in, in a studio. So I did it right here in this chair where, where you're standing. If people can see uh, the camera here, all my equipment and, and uh, all of this stuff, the mics and everything is right here in my old closet. And I feel like I can do a pretty decent demo project album. And why not? really force myself to learn the every nitty gritty nuance and all the all of these cover songs that I've I've never even played before and and change the arrangements to fit banjo and and open tunings and the, all the stuff that I do and it was so fun you know and I've become a much much better guitar player because of it and a much better arranger and hopefully these side projects will continue and I'll do them at, at home rather than in the studio and I'll release them to Patreon first and eventually to the public but right now I'm I'm trying to formulate, okay, uh, we're coming out of this pandemic. Do I have enough songs to put out an album? How do I do it? Where am I going to do it? When am I going to do it? So hopefully sometime in 2022, yeah, 2022, I'm going to have, hopefully by Folk Alliance next next year in February, I'll, I'll have a new album out. Oh, and I'm really proud of the songs that I'm working on. And, uh, uh, and you know, the bar is pretty high. I think Storytellers suitcase may be the best record i've ever done and and uh, i want to see if i can make it at least that good if not better oh excellent I, the storyteller suitcase was just a superb album in fact i want i want to play a song from that right now because sure. uh, as i was thinking of, of the past year um the black lives matter movement certainly became more prominent in the news and, and you wrote a song a few years back uh about the incident in charlottesville which uh I think is something that uh, I was reminded of during this this past year, and I played this yeah. song quite a bit. Um, Thank you. you. In- introduce this song for our listeners. Yeah, I, I live in Charlottesville, so you know it's it's one of these things. Like as a songwriter, you see uh, you know riots happening in Seattle or in in Wisconsin, and uh, you, you feel it, but you, you don't. You're not rattled like it's happening outside your door and um you know even right now i'm working on a song about the the capital being overrun um and i'm i'm liking it like i had a guitar riff and and i'm like what's this riff going to be about and then it when i started singing words just came out of me sometimes you need a little bit of objectivity but when it happens right outside your door you feel like the impact is immediate and emotional and and uh even yesterday, I walked past the site where Heather Heyer died and uh, looked at the flowers and all of the, the chalk stories that were written on the bricks there with my kids. And, um, you know, it's just a sign of where we are. Uh, it was an, a moment that you can't, you can't belittle or, or, or whitewash in any way. It's... It was a defining moment that revealed where we are, and so, and as was the capital. And um, it, you know, we need to sing about this stuff. I know it's hard. People want, you know, they want to feel good when they're listening to music. They want a backdrop to their day, and being reminded that we're still living in a pretty racist society uh, is is hard to hear for some folks. But um, but I can't help what I write. You know, I feel like I just need to write what I know and what I see and what I feel. So. Some of those songs are going to be light and some of them are going to be asking some bigger questions.
General Robert E. Lee is sitting on a stallion right in front of me. The town says they're gonna take the old statue down. So, white supremacists come snaking through the streets like something out of Genesis. I can't believe my eyes, neither side is gonna back down. When the Born out of something disgraceful You ain't fighting honorably, generally Friday night out on parade With the citronella tiki torches Townspeople left their porches to block the way you could hear the hate in the words they shout The camera caught the faces for the torch blew out You should have worn the hood, you're up to no good Tomorrow's judgment day When the war you're fighting for Is born out of something disgraceful You ain't fighting honorably, generally Protest got canceled A helicopter crashed It was too hot to handle Two cops down Skirmishes broke around town Lives blown out like a candle The president must love a scandal He wouldn't take a side Though people died And had a higher gotten mowed down Come so far, but you haven't moved an inch. We will not flinch. There's no one here to lance. When the war you're fighting for is born out of something disgraceful, you ain't fighting honorably, generally. And that was the Battle of Charlottesville from the Storyteller's Suitcase from Ellis Paul. Uh, an album that came out, when was that? In 2019, was that? Really? Yeah, 2019. Wow. And then Ellis, uh, just past year, released Ellis Paul's Traveling Medicine Show. And on that album, um, you do another uh, topical song, uh, $20 Bill for George Floyd from 
Tom Prasado Rao wrote uh, that um, so many artists have recorded. Um, you know, you were talking before about uh, writing songs that affect you. I, I, have you become more interested in some of these socially topical songs in recent years because of everything that's been going on? I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking back on your catalog, and I, it seems like it's something that's more apparent in, in the past few albums. Am, am I right or wrong on that? Well, you know, I've got songs from almost every record that speak towards those kind of things. Mm -hmm. uh, autobiography of Pistol, which right, is right. from a gun's perspective, and a couple on my first record. There's there's almost one kind of social commentary song. But, you know, honestly, uh, I think how they weigh in my catalog is that I'm, I've become better at writing them. So instead of being sort of like a secondary song on the records, now they're they're like the cornerstone songs on albums. And I don't know why that is. I, I don't feel like I'm a better writer, so to speak, but I don't know. Maybe I'm, the delivery of those songs are a little bit more artful, like the artful songs that are more personal now. And um, so they stick out. They stick out as, as a highlight of a record rather than as being sort of a filler song that's stuck in at the end. I, I also noticed on that last album, that was the first album that you produced or a storyteller suitcase that was the first album that you produced all on your own right you've had other producers in the past yeah 20 albums 20 producers until that one yeah i i guess you probably learned a lot over those those 20 albums so you knew what you wanted and it, it really came through uh what were some of the things that you did differently on that album that you well answer anything like yeah i you know the the main thing is the dna of the choices were mine instead of a shared DNA. Most of the producers I've worked with have sort of, you know, either ignored me or, or, or tried to blend their idea with mine, uh, which every great producer should do. Um, and because of that, I feel like occasionally on every record, there's two or three songs that were well beyond my imagination as far as how brilliantly they came out. And, and, and I know that I couldn't have come up with those on my own. But then there are always a couple songs on the record where you wish you had a second chance and you just ran out of time and money to make them right. But with this record, it's it's like I managed to make everything really, really satisfactory. You know, I, I'm, I can't say that I, I made Hey Jude on anything, but I feel like I, I got out of every song exactly what I wanted because I was the one guiding it the entire way. So it falls into this even keel of being consistently great and consistently sounding like it's me all the way through. And I, so, you know, I'm going to do the next two or three like this and um, thank God for those other producers because like with Flynn, he has all the bells and whistles of using MIDI drums and, and I, I learned everything I could from him watching him go. Christian Bush was a Grammy winner. He's been on huge pop records. He knows exactly how to build a song and, and make it swell. Jerry Murata knows nuances and all of those producers that I worked with in the past, Bill Morrissey knows folk music like the back of his hands. Duke Levine knows how to construct guitar parts. They all, um, they all were my grad school. And uh, now I feel like I can do myself. And not only that, I can look at other artists and maybe start recording other artists as a producer if, oh, if it comes wonderful. to that. That would be wonderful. And your latest, uh, the Traveling Medicine Show, that was all all done from your home, I understand, right? It was. I don't have all the bells and whistles and instruments. Like, I don't have a B3 here. I have, you know, access to some of this stuff online. But 
Um, I feel like in my little toy box way, uh, I can construct a pretty great record. And it's, you know, this, the source here is folk music. So it's guitar, vocal, or banjo, vocal, piano, vocal. Uh, and everything else is just kind of candies thrown, thrown on thrown on to the song so I, I i think it came out great and and again like uh, taking a don henley song putting a banjo in it changing the arrangement of how he does it into sort of how i do it like the the knowledge i'm gaining from doing that is really just just made me a better instrumentalist a better arranger and and i hope that'll carry into the next album I, I, I've always felt that songwriters should take a moment or two to record and listen to and perform other songs uh, and, and make them their own, like you've done on this, on this new album as well. I think it, uh, you do learn a lot from that, and uh, I think it shines through. And now it's volume one, so could we expect a volume two one of these days? Absolutely, yeah. That's going to be how I feed my Patreon audience. They're going to get all of these side projects. And they, you know, I, I put this out... S- seven months ago on patreon and it just came out in february to the public so you know they're they're getting the songs first and um you know they get demos of the songs i'm writing so like this song about the capital i'm working on as soon as i get a a decent version of it voice and guitar they'll they'll get to hear it before the dressed up album version in the tuxedo comes out (laughs) (laughs) well we look forward to that and uh ellis i want to thank you for spending some time with us today and again i do want to remind everybody that next sunday may 23rd the first traveling medicine show festival online and uh, for information you can go to ellispaul.com and uh also the new england songwriters retreat which is the 29th is that correct may 28th is orientation night where everyone comes and figures out the lay of the land yeah Uh the 28th to the 31st it's going to go over uh four days friday saturday sunday and monday on memorial day weekend excellent and i'm sure you've got other plans for the summer that we'll be hearing about as we go along hopefully working on the new album we'll we'll see yeah that's going to be front and center after after i get through this uh these events Wonderful. Well, I, I want to thank you for spending some time with us today. And uh, I'd like to end our little chat with another song from the uh, Traveling Medicine Show album. And I, I, I've chose this one because I, I always feel that every time I hear it, it reminds me of, of, of hope uh, that we're going to get out of this pandemic. And I'm guessing that may be some of the reasons why you chose to record Over the Rainbow. Yeah, I mean, it, well, first of all, it's the best song ever written. I mean, it's been called the best song ever written, not just by me, but the Radio Industry Academy of America named it the number one song of the 20th century. So, and why is that? It's just beautiful. It had all of this cultural impact of hopeless, as you've said. And and again, it was me trying to find my way into it. So it feels like an Ellis Paul song. So there's a nice guitar little riff at the beginning that doesn't exist in any arrangement of it. And um what a spectacular song i mean there's been so many great versions of it uh but i I felt like i needed needed that again in my dna so learning it like so intimately for a recording was a good thing well it's a great thing for us to play on the radio thank you so much for doing this and thank you thanks again for spending some time with us today hope to see you again somewhere down the road in the not too distant future yeah face to face yeah i want to see that radio face of yours face to face (laughs) it's a deal (laughs) ellis paul thanks for being with us today and now over the rainbow
That's where you'll find me Somewhere over the rainbow Skies are blue And the dreams that you dare to dream Really do come true Someday I'll wish upon a star And wake up where the clouds are far behind me Where troubles melt like lemon drops Away above the chimney tops That's where you'll find Birds fly over the rainbow Why then, oh, why can't I? If happy little bluebirds fly Beyond the rainbow, why? Oh, why can't I? 